Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Welcome back to Great Lakes Confidential with Angie and Mike. Hello. Was that any better than last week's intro or was it real bad? I still have chills from last (laughs) week. I have not been able to go to the bathroom since, worrying that there would be a ghost of a sad woman from the 1800s staring over my shoulder. Hanging out. So you don't have to go into details, obviously, but have have you ever had to use an outhouse before? I mean, like a, a porta potty. No, thing. like a real, like a wooden outhouse. No, when I said last week that the 1830s was a little before I was born. <laughs> okay. I meant 142 <laughs> years before I was born. I was born in the 1970s, not the 1870s. How old do you think I am? <laughs> this is so hurtful. I'm going to post a photo of you on our Facebook and we're going to figure out if people know how old you are. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I've been wearing a hat lately because I'm going through a midlife crisis and my <laughs> hair is growing out. And uh, I noticed this morning because I didn't have a hat on because I had to get a hearing test. And uh, <laughs> I need hearing aids. Are you serious? I am serious. And uh, But I was looking in the mirror and I was like, I got a real Kenny Rogers thing going on. (laughs) That's not good. Like there was a time in the late 70s, like when The Gambler came out that I would have been like, man, I hope I can look super cool like Kenny Rogers one day. But now that I'm rocking a Kenny Rogers type thing, I'm just like, oh, really? Really? That's what I turned in. I'm turning into Kenny Rogers now. This stinks. You got to know when to fold them. And when to hold them, though. (laughs) Don't forget, you also need to know when to hold them. So listen, I... Don't make me walk away and don't make me run. (laughs) Please don't make me run. I still have a little bit of a chest rattle. And I think if I try to run, I would just like bend over and cough something up. It would be awful. Yeah, it would be. Um, And I would definitely laugh so hard that I would pee in your chair right here. So... (laughs) He just shook his head because he knows. It doesn't take much. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, yeah. I've used an actual outhouse. So Why? Well, because, again, I grew up in northern Michigan, 
And oh yeah, that's right. They don't have indoor plumbing. <laughs> I hate you. Um, we lived on like we had like forty acres of land, and it was all forest behind us and um, hunting grounds and whatever. And there was an outhouse back there because. Once you get back there, you have to have a place to go to the bathroom. So it was a wooden outhouse, just like you see in the movies, with the moon cut out of the door. Absolutely terrifying, because there's generally very large bugs in there. After last week's story that you shared with me, I am now going to assume all outhouses are haunted. They probably are. I wouldn't. I would not doubt that one bit. Like, they probably are. And they're just generally disgusting. So... Yeah, I've used an outhouse, and I was born in 1980, so it, it, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with how old you are. Mm. You are pretty old, but, um, so, uh, you were born before Return of the Jedi came out. <laughs> I don't know if that was supposed to be an insult. Just saying, <laughs> you're not a spring chicken either. There, <laughs> you were born the year that we found out Tauntaun smell bad on the inside. As well as the outside, because when he cut it open, he goes, I thought they smelled bad on the outside, but they, you know, yeah. so they smell worse on the inside. That's the year you were born. I don't even know if I want to know what they smell like. I do not. In fact, they probably when like you were out, born, like a haunted outhouse. Empire Strikes Back was probably still in the theater because you have a summer birthday. Yeah. 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 July 4th. When was it? When did it come out? theaters so yeah it was probably still in the theater yeah of course it was movies uh back then they only had like two movies a year (laughs) each one stayed in the theater for six months six months all right so back to dice road so the next stop on the haunted dice road road trip is the iva general store The Iva General Store is the only building left standing in the unincorporated community of Iva. It is on the corner of Iva and Dice Roads. The building has been there since 1845, which is 15 years before Mike was born, before Abraham Lincoln was president. Okay. So it was a long time ago. In the 1800s and early 1900s, the the building was not just a general store, but it was also a post office. And apparently a place where farmers would come to hang out on Friday nights to listen to boxing matches on the radio. Mm. Yeah. I wasn't able to find when exactly it happened, but at some point, most of the townspeople died from smallpox, diphtheria, and malaria, and the entire town needed to be burned to the ground. I have a feeling that... Oh, my God. What's your feeling? That was probably pretty common back in those days. (laughs) Probably. It's not any wonder the place was haunted, though, if you had to burn everything down like that. Yeah. So people walking near the old general store have reported hearing voices coming from inside. One guy walking his dog nearby at night called the police because he heard two men talking. When the police arrived, nobody was found in the area and the building did not appear to be disturbed at all. All the doors and windows were secure. Do you think the guy said to his dog, I have a bad feeling about this? Another time a passerby reported seeing a light flicker in one of the windows. Again, when the police arrived, there was nothing in the window and all windows and doors were secure that time as well. 
don't look at me like you want another. <laughs> no, I'm just wait. I'm just giving you retread of the Iva pun. <laughs> just giving you the floor, sir. Just in case is part of that. Is any bit of the structure still standing? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's all still there. A couple owns the building now, and they've said that they've experienced some strange thing. Ha- some strange things happening. Um, one of them, I think the husband said that he has felt something brush against him and power tools haven't like worked properly. They had all the wiring reinstalled in there. So the wiring should have been fine. But like when you plug in power tools and stuff, they don't work right. The building is still standing. So if you watch those documentaries that I talked about last week, um, Mm. a haunting on dice road, hell house, and then a haunting on dice road, a, uh, what was the name of it? A town, town of the dead. I think it was called. Where can you find the documentaries? They're actually on Amazon Prime. Ooh. Yeah, and they're free. There's quite a few different documentaries called A Haunting of Blah Blah Blah. But yeah, I watched those too. So interestingly enough, the same people that own the general store the building that used to be the general store also own the hell house so we'll get into that from a story on mlive.com retired saginaw county sheriff's deputy charles frisbee said the area where the building is located is weird quote this dice road corridor is kind of strange frisbee said we have the cemetery on one end one end and the pomeraining home up the road which is where we're heading to now. And keep in mind, a guy whose last name is Frisbee thinks this is weird and strange. <laughs> so in 1951, Harold Pomeraining built the house located on Dice Road shortly before marrying his wife. On February 12th, 1975, Harold and his wife were getting ready to leave for church when they smelled something burning. They found toilet paper on the roll burning. Researchers at Duke University tried to get a roll of toilet paper to burn, but said it was, quote, next to humanly impossible for the toilet paper to burn while rolled up since there was no way to get sufficient oxygen to produce enough heat to sustain burning. A report was filed with the Michigan State Police the next day. So Duke University got involved because of all the weird stuff that was happening at this house. Like, that's crazy. I'm trying to figure out why it's hard to like toilet paper seems like it would be but there's no if it's on the so it's on the roll like it's still on the cardboard roll but it was also on like the toilet paper roll in the bathroom so all of that toilet paper being like compressed like that should have been really difficult to burn and like how would it have just spontaneously combusted like there was nothing yeah the spontaneous part but there's still oxygen on the outside of the roll also did you know that in england it's called a loo roll is it yeah yeah do they use the word toilet over there yes oh interesting Mm -hmm. on halloween the year prior to this harold's wife called the police to report pounding on the outside of the home police had the home under surveillance unbeknownst to the family and did not see anyone in the area when the complaint about the pounding came in There were also no footprints in the mud anywhere around the home. So they 
there was all this weird stuff going on around the house, like in the house. And like they would be inside and they could hear it was sounded like somebody was banging on the walls outside. Mm -hmm. And because the cops had been called out so many times and they were like basically getting fed up because they would come out and there would be nothing there'd be like nobody in the area. So of course the cops were like getting pissed because, Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I was wondering why was the house under surveillance? Yeah. Oh, yeah. because repeated. So the, yep. Yeah. Well, so, okay. so the, the, so Harold and his wife kept calling the cops and, and they're like, this is happening again. Like somebody's outside, like there's kids outside or something's going on. And the cops would come out and there'd be nothing happening. So the cops got fed up by this and they decided to put the house under surveillance without the Pomeranians knowing about it. And so, of course, this was in the 70s, but they've got their radios. So at one point, there's um, like Charles Frisbee is outside in his police car and he's just like surveilling the house. And then on his radio, he gets the call that the Pomeranian, the Pomeranians are saying that there's somebody yeah, else. Don't cook, make them dog people. I know they're not Pomeranians. Um, but they're, you know, they get, he gets a call on his radio that they're hearing this banging noise and there's nothing outside. So like another cop shows up and these cops go walk around the house and it was a rainy night. There was no mud and like no footprints in the mud. There was absolutely nothing, but there's like dents and different places, the siding Ooh. on the wall outside creepy yeah so the home was being monitored again in january this time by police from lansing so that's how crazy this was right like they had duke university involved lansing police were involved so the cops stayed overnight they left at 6 a.m with no reports of anything weird going on at 1 50 p.m a deputy was outside the home again with another arriving at 2 30 and a third arriving around three o'clock between 1.50 and 3.48 that afternoon, 13 blasts were heard. No explanation has been given regarding the blasts. Again, 13. Yeah. What the heck? See, I didn't even realize that. This is Now this is really starting to creep me out. So these blasts, they were like, they said that it sounded like cannons and stuff. Like, mm. like that's how loud, but they couldn't figure out what was going on. So... Uh, deputies stayed the night on January 21st, 1975 to investigate more. They reported voices coming down the stairs and pounding and other sounds, but the gas and electricity were also shut off. So they were thinking maybe there was something with the gas or the electric that was causing the house to like maybe settle in weird ways or like something in the pipes that was making it sound like there was something bl like blasting. Yeah. And all of that had been turned off for the sole purpose of investigating. And they were still hearing all of these noises and different poundings and stuff. So aside from the family experiencing all these crazy things that were happening, police had witnessed paintings falling off the walls, coffee cups falling off tables. Even one of the canines stopped short of going into the home like he was freaked out by something like the dog was like wandering around outside and they were like, OK, come on. They're trying to get this dog inside. And the canine was like, oh, hell no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going in there and just like stopped short and was like absolutely refused to move. And we all know that dogs and children generally feel like these, you know, can feel these things or see these things or whatever a lot more than some adults and so this dog was just like absolutely freaked out and was like nope not doing it 
So what happened that this home is haunted and so many crazy things have been seen and heard? Well, yeah, is this related at all to the uh, to the the white people that ruined poor Anna's life and Darkhawk's life? Well, that's so that's another interesting thing. So some think that the house was cursed by a witch. Harold had a neighbor across the street. A woman determined to purchase his home and land, but Harold kept refusing. She asked and asked and asked, and not wanting to sell, he finally gave her a couple of choice words. And then shortly after, this is when all this weird stuff started happening. Mm. One thing that was very strange that started hap- that happened was that one of their sons had gone over across the street to the neighbor's house. Like, she lured him over there, and... The guy was like over there for, they said like three hours. They were talking about this in the documentary. So this kid was over there for like three hours, came back. I want to say something about him being naked. I can't remember exactly, but he finally came back and like had a seizure and then has never been the same since. Like, and they think that she cursed him. They have no idea what happened to this guy. And like shortly after like this is when all this weird stuff started happening at this house i mean it sounds like she did something (laughs) (laughs) so eventually the home had a fire that made it unlivable and the pomeranians finally moved in 1978 the home was remodeled and the midcaps moved in they did know it was haunted and they have experienced things and they're also the same people that own the general store in iva okay so like I said, there's the two documentaries that you can watch on Amazon Prime about Hell House. They're A Haunting on Dice Road Hell House and A Haunting on Dice Road Town of the Dead. I watched both of them. So when the people, when the police and the family members were being interviewed, like it was, it felt very believable, very creepy. And like, I mean, you could, you could like see and hear the fear that these people had lived through, right? Yeah. But then the investigators would come on and they were doing their investigating and it all felt very staged and like right, overly yeah. theatrical. And so it was it was a turnoff. In the second one, though, they did talk about like they claimed that they found this uh, map in the attic or whatever when they came back and, and investigated at, like after the midcaps had had bought the home and were living there and stuff, so they the investigators you know quote unquote found this old map that was in the attic or something, and according to the map, the home was built on burial grounds like there was a cemetery there at some point. So the only thing that I can really assume is that there was a cemetery there in addition to the Dice Road Cemetery where mm. Anna was from and that this cemetery was built over with this house. But like they didn't they didn't really say like how old this map was, like when, you know, was that the 1700s? And that's why there's no re- real record of it. Like very unclear about the story about how it happened. So in the first documentary you're basically told that a witch cursed the land because she couldn't buy it from Harold and his wife and then in the second documentary you're told that it was built on some sort of a cemetery burial ground of some kind and and that's why the whole place is is haunted like this and 
the things that were experienced in the first that they talked about in the first documentary weren't the same things that the second family had experienced. So like the first family, the Pomeranians had experienced all the pounding and like things flying off the walls and stuff like that. But the second family had said that, you know, the regular things that we, that you hear about in hauntings, like radios turning on or water sh- turning on and shutting off by itself or whatever. But also they had a granddaughter that lived there. She was very young, probably like first or second grade age. So seven ish, six, seven, eight years old. And she claimed that she always saw this man without a face that would like come into her room and he held on to a lantern of some kind. Ooh. And so she was so scared that her and her dad had to move out of the home because she couldn't like she was just terrified to be in her bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird that. Oh, and then also in the second one, they they say that a lot of the spirits that are in the home are because the mid calves collect all these antiques from different estate sales and stuff, and that spirits have attached themselves to these items, and then these items got moved into the home, and that's part of why this place is haunted by these spirits that have attached themselves to these physical objects. So it's very strange. Like, there's not a real answer to it. I Like I said... I listening to the police chief or the sheriff's deputy and the um, and the family members and stuff. And like even in the first documentary, they had like old family friends that grew up with these kids. And, and, you know, like people were like, I will never come over to your house. Like they were so scared of it. And they had heard all the stories and that some of them had experienced things themselves. So it's like very believable type stuff. But then the investigators come in and it's just kind of like they kind of ruined it so okay yeah. i don't know but hearing the history of all of that stuff and and the firsthand accounts is really really interesting so i would recommend watching for that but don't don't put too much stock into the fact that you know these investigators are you know got their infrared cameras and yeah. whatever and yeah. you know all these things keep happening but there just doesn't seem to be a camera on you know like one guy's in a room and his camera's facing one way and then he turns around and, and it's like, oh, that doll was turned around a different way. And it's like, well, we didn't see any, like. Right, yeah. How do I know that you didn't move that, you know? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. But, yeah, so that's the story of Hell House. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Moral of the story is don't name your house Hell House. Yeah, exactly. You're just inviting trouble. You are. You are. Listeners, I hope you're taking notes. Yeah. So I do believe that it's haunted. Yeah. I don't know if it's to the degree that, you know, these investigators portrayed it. But yeah, it's it's weird that there were cops there and, you know, like it it seems like there's enough witnesses. Yeah. That something weird was going on. Well, and you can see police reports online of you know like actual police reports from them going out there and and it's just one after another after another where it's like nothing was nothing was seen nothing was seen but you know all of these crazy reports of this stuff happening and you would think that at one point the cops would be like we're not doing this anymore but clearly like they wanted to get to the bottom of it because something was happening out there and so you had cops from Saginaw area Lansing 
which if they were Lansing, if they were cops coming from Lansing, I would assume that would be like Michigan State Police. Yeah, yeah, you would think. Right. And then Duke University's, you know, science kids getting involved as well to try to figure out if they could duplicate somehow this toilet paper roll like bursting into flames. And they just couldn't they just couldn't do it. So Allison and I are thinking about giving our house a uh, proper name. But I don't want to invite trouble at all. Can I let you know what we've been spitballing? Yeah. We're thinking of calling it um, Damnation Quad Level. <laughs> you are so dumb. <laughs> I hope that doesn't invite any, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully not. I mean, is this place built on an Indian burial ground? Only one way to find out. I, I, you know what? I would say every place has been built on an Indian burial ground in the state at this <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably hard to find, you know, to be more than a stone's throw of where some sort of horrible thing happened yeah. to natives. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think about this sometime, like, when you think about different places that are haunted... And you think about like, because, yeah, we're we're on ground that was, you know, people were probably massacred on and buried under, you know, whatever. And so um, when you think about stuff like that, it's like, why aren't more places haunted? Like, what what is it about spirits that they decide, like, I'm going to haunt this area as opposed to another area? You know, um, I don't know if you're. Have you ever read American Gods or watched the uh, TV show American mm-hmm. Gods? There's a an idea in there that as the stories stop being told, the gods lose their powers and stuff. And it could be that there's more apathy, maybe, mm-hmm. and the spirits don't have that, you know, human concern holding them here anymore it it could also be in this age of people having their noses buried in their phones that stuff does go on and we're just not noticing yeah we're just completely oblivious yeah so yeah i wonder like and i also sometimes wonder like how why are some of us more receptive to things like that than others like, is it just because I'm I'm like, oh, I'm totally open to it, and somebody else is like, I don't believe in that crap, or like, what is the, how is it that some people experience the paranormal more than others? Well, you know, I, I think it's like some people have perfect pitch, and some people are tone deaf. You know, it's maybe some of your senses... You're, some people are just born with more finely tuned senses mm. than other people. Like it's, yeah. uh, you know, like you and I both have glasses. Why do some people have twenty twenty vision? You know, <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. fair. So yeah, I uh, I am skeptical. Okay, but I don't rule out anything so when you say you're you're skeptical are you skeptical about these stories in particular or just in general about hauntings in general of hauntings because i haven't seen anything 
super concrete myself to make me go, oh, yep, nope, that was definitely uh, uh, something just, you know. I mean, I have experienced a couple things that I can't really explain, but I also kind of go, well, just because I can't explain it doesn't mean that there isn't an explanation that I'm just not aware of. Okay. You know, I, but um, my feeling of what happens to us after we die is kind of in sync with the idea of spirits. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, um, you know, it, it's sort of like uh, how I feel about a higher power. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm probably not going to know during my lifetime of, you know, being in a physical body. So I have just kind of accepted the fact that, you know, I, I'm not going to know. And okay. Yeah. So I don't, I, I'm super fascinated by stories like this, you know? Yeah. And I'm not, I'm definitely not one of those people who's like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, because I'm also like, well, you know, the first family moved out. What would they have to gain? Yeah. From, you know, it's not going to make your house any easier to sell. That's telling for sure. people like, you know, you know, there's a at the very least, hey, there's a lot of police reports tied to your right. address, you know. Right. It's not really doing much for the the yeah. value of yeah. your property. So, you know, like I, there doesn't seem to be a clear motive for, you know, there doesn't seem to be a motive for the cops to go out and be like, yeah, we have no idea because all that says is either a, there's something going on that we can't understand, or B, hey, boss, we're really bad at our yeah, jobs. Right. Yeah, I know that we were supposed to, you know, watch for something weird going on, and we just missed it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, you know, and I don't think a lot of cops are wired to go, you know, and say, like, yep, we right. do our jobs. You yeah. know, I think a lot of cops are kind of like, we're going to do our job. <laughs> I think that's my thing, too, is like when when multiple people experience the same things, you know, it's just like with UFOs or whatever. It's like, listen, if you've got 50 people all saying the exact same story or very similar versions of it, what do they have to gain? First of all, like you said, because right. those people are going to be called crazy mm-hmm. wackadoos. Nobody's going to trust them with literally anything as long as they walk the planet because they've seen an alien or you know or mothman or whatever right but it's like if so many people have the same experiences why would you not believe them why would you it's just it's crazy to think that that many people would have the same type of story about the same generals thing and and then and then for for people to be like nope it's not real like why i i don't know i've always just kind of i've always believed in stuff like that and i've had my own you know experiences with paranormal so yeah i've never you know like uh like i said like i've never you know concretely experienced something that i can't explain you know but i've also never 
concretely experience someone being called a wackadoo, but I'm sure that people are called wackadoos. You said it, and I believe it. Have you ever, you've never felt like somebody was standing behind you that that wasn't there? Yes. Oh, yeah, like yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, um, when I was younger, I worked midnights at, uh, it's gone now. It was the showcase Sterling Heights. And, uh, they had, I don't know, like 15 or 17 theaters or whatever. And cleaning the last couple always gave whoever was in there a really creepy feeling because we would go through with leaf blowers and blow all the popcorn to the you know front of the theater where mm-hmm. the screen is and then sweep it up and just put it in a garbage bag and you know throw it out and you know there was part of you know part of us was of the crew were like yeah there's something going on in those two theaters but then the other part of me is like also those two theaters are the furthest point from the center of the theater where everyone else is. So mm-hmm. subconsciously, we all know we are further away from everyone else on the crew than anyone else. And it's the middle of the night and it's quiet and creepy. Yeah. So, yes, of course, you're going to feel like it's just basic mm-hmm. human psychology that you're going to feel weird. But, yes, at the same time, I always was like thinking I was seeing something out of the corner of my eye and like looking and going like, okay, I thought someone from the crew was standing at the entrance and there was not, and I always felt someone breathing on the back of my neck. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I worked in the city of Birmingham's library for their, uh, municipal access television station and it was located in the basement of the library. And on Fridays, I would have to, this is how old I am. We would have to put in new videotapes for the weekend programming. Because, okay. you know, it was all like, you know, city council meetings and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, park services wants to let you know that here are some <laughs> safety tips if you're going to barbecue this year. You right. know, that kind of, you know, nonsense. And uh, I was reading uh, an Anne Rice book, so I was in a very spooky, you know, sort of mind, and I had to go to the bathroom. Uh, So I put a bookmark in the book and went down the hall to the bathroom, and I thought I was the only person in the library. Um, And when I came back, my book was exactly where it was, but the bookmark was underneath the book. (laughs) But... I also had experiences there where I thought I was the only person in the library and, you know, someone startled me, mm-hmm. you know, while I was what I thought alone in the little TV you yeah. know, station. And, you know, for all I know, someone went in and was like, oh, what's this guy? Oh, oops, he had the book. I'm just going to put it underneath and, you know, leave it like I found it. Anything could have happened. Yeah. Uh, when I lived in New Orleans, I moved with a girl who was four eleven, five feet tall. Mm-hmm. Like she was a very short girl and we had a one bedroom apartment and we had been a couple, but we broke up and then still moved there anyway. <laughs> um, she ended up sleeping in the main room of the apartment and I took the bedroom cause I paid all the rent. And, uh, <laughs> but I kept my bedroom door open cause the bathroom was off of my bedroom. So I always left it open in case she'd have she would have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and 
I used to, and you know, we weren't getting along. Obviously we broke up and, uh, I would just lay in bed staring at the ceiling and I would always see a short person walk past my doorway. And I always would think, Oh, it must be Michelle going outside to have a cigarette, but I wouldn't hear the front door for the apartment. Mm -hmm. So then I would get up to see what she was doing and she would still be asleep, like on the couch, not having crossed my doorway. Yeah. And so I asked the building owner, I was like, man, it's like, I just told that story. I was like, it's so weird. Like, and apparently the building, uh, we're in the uh, garden district, right on kind of like a, like St. Charles is the uh, northern kind of like divides the Mm -hmm. northern border of the garden district. And we were just north of St. Charles by like a block. And it gets it back then it was a lot rougher of an area. And apparently it was even rougher before. And apparently a lot of like drug dealers and prostitutes, sex workers lived in the building. And apparently there was a sex worker who had a kid and while she was working, she would have her kid go in the pool and the kid drowned. Oh my God. So a lot of neighbors said that they see the ghost of a small child wandering the building. (laughs) That is one that I cannot, I do not have a logical explanation for to this day. That's the closest, you know, it could also be, you know, cars going by outside and maybe shadows of a tree made a shadow like but we were on the third floor and that's not the way light and shadows work so i don't know i that's that's the only one i have that i'm like i don't i can't come up i have goosebumps all over (laughs) but uh yeah so that's uh, awesome yeah so that's where i sit i know that you are a, a pretty staunch believer in Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I've had, um, well, when I lived in Baton Rouge, um, and I didn't know it at the time, but um, I was, I was home by myself and had the had um, my middle son was a baby. And one of his toys was off. We had a very large living room. And um, one of his toys was off in the corner. And all of a sudden, it started playing music and the lights were lighting up and stuff. And I was just kind of like, you know, startled, obviously, because nothing was near it. So I thought, well, maybe the cat walked by and I looked over and we had a very large picture window and the cat was actually outside on the other side of the window. So I was like, all right, well, it wasn't the cat. But of course, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to like reason with myself, like what it could have been. And I just kept saying, like, just relax, like somebody will be home soon, like just stay in the chair. You know, I was I was holding on onto my baby and I was like, everything's going to be fine. And um, it stopped playing the music and stuff. It like basically shut off as quickly as it turned turned on. And um, so I'm just like, all right. So I finally calmed down. I'm still watching TV. I'm still home alone. And it happened again. And this time I was like, what the F? Like, what is going on? So I got up and I was going to, because I figured maybe it was shorting out or something. So I was going to shut it off and it wasn't on. It was turned off and it was just making noises and blinking and stuff. And that creeped me out. And so um, when my boyfriend at the time got home, I was like telling him the story. And that's when I found out that somebody, um, because 
I he and I were living there with his parents and his parents they had had the house for years and years and years like 20 some odd years or whatever and at some point well before they purchased the house um one of the previous owners had committed suicide in the bathroom Ooh. and so that's when I found that out and um so I was like what like are you kidding me and then like after that, I would notice like radios would start playing on its on their own. Lights would turn on and off on their own. And it was terrifying. But like, again, it wasn't like it didn't feel like a bad spirit. Like, you know, it, yeah. you couldn't feel like nothing felt evil. It was just you could feel a presence there and things would happen. And it was just kind of like. And so what I've learned just by watching documentaries and like listening to haunted podcasts and stuff like that is like if I feel like I feel sometimes that there's something in my apartment and um or someone in my apartment and so I a lot of times will like talk to it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I'm like hey I'm just going to bed you know hope you've had a good day or like whatever like just because I feel like if I acknowledge whoever it is that they'll they won't hurt me and nothing bad will happen but like i thought i had put something in a spot on my dresser one day and when i left and came back it was moved and at first i was like is my landlord coming in here and doing something and i don't think that he was but i'm positive that i put the thing where i put it and then it was moved and so sometimes at night when i get ready to go to bed i'll be walking to like my bedroom um, like I, I go into my room and I put my water and my phone down and then I go down the hall to use the bathroom. And a lot of times when I'm either on my way down the hall to the bathroom or on my way back, I swear I see something walk across in my living room. And so sometimes I have goosebumps again. So sometimes I, depending on like how I'm feeling about it, sometimes I'll run back into my bed and jump in. <laughs> Your face looks so creepy right now. Your eyes just keep getting bigger and bigger. I'm never going to the place. <laughs> never. So I just talk to it. I'm like, hey, we're friends. You know, I'm I'm not trying to take over your place. I'm just visiting. Be and- cool, bro. Yeah. Like, pretty much. Yeah. So and I'm assuming bro because you feel entitled to be in a space that you're not one. <laughs> Yeah, so um I do have one last one. Just I don't remember much of it because it happened when I was such a little kid. Uh but when I was growing up, my mom and my younger sibling experienced like chairs in the kitchen moving around and then uh just weird stuff started happening. I had like a toy clown that tried to strangle me one night in oh, my stop. sleep. And uh, <laughs> then this whole thing happened. Like my younger sibling disappeared into the television set and we had to go through my closet in order to get the sibling out. Yeah. And uh, Zelda Rubenstein was there, mm. uh, rest in peace. And uh, <laughs> yeah, my mom went swimming with skeletons in the pool in the backyard. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, it was terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Coach. Um, my dad was coach. <laughs> Craig T. Nelson. That's how I remember. I have a hard time. It's weird because I just. Separating fantasy from reality. I was going to uh, say, reality. it's so strange because I uh, was just out for dinner the other night and uh, 
something was playing on the TV screen that sounded vaguely familiar to what you've just described. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's Dice Road. So I have to decide if I want to like actually go out there. Um, Lauren and George are like all about it. So I have to figure out if I'm brave enough to go. Maybe I'll go in the daytime, like just feel it out. And then we'll see if I can go back at night. (laughs) If you go there, make sure you wear like a big leather jacket and go, Oh, I'm on dice road. Oh my God. (laughs) You're so ridiculous. Jack and Jill run up a hill. Uh Oh, I hate it. (laughs) All right. If any of you. Hey, I went through two episodes before I even. That's horrible. He's horrible. Anyways, if any of our listeners have any spooky stories to share. Or want to co-host the podcast with you (laughs) because I think I'm fired. (laughs) Not yet. No, but we should have a guest on. Let's, yeah, let's let's work on that because that'll and be fun. I have uh, another topic I want to research. So, uh, are you going to tell us on the show, or do you want it to be a surprise? Surprise! Ooh, we love surprises. Yes. All right, cool. So I um I think I'll let Mike take the reins on the next one then. So who knows what sort of a uh, situation that's going to be? But I'm excited. <laughs> I haven't done anything no, terrible no, yet. yet. <laughs> you were so nervous in season one when I was like, hey, can I do Big Beaver Road? You yeah. were like, you know, it's a clean show. And yeah. I was like, I can be mature. And you were like, mm, can you, though? And I proved myself. <laughs> I can. I just choose not to be most of the time. That's fair. I'll give you that. And you did a great job with Forebears. So I'm proud of you. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you, too, bud. <laughs> All right. So anyways, if anybody has some stories to share or you want to be a guest on the show, then let us know on Facebook. Um, we also have an email address, greatlakesconfidential at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram. I hardly ever post on Instagram. I have to get better about doing that. But anyways, yeah, let us know how you uh, how you like the show. I'd love to love to get some feedback. So yeah. Hey, Angie. What? Text me when you get home. Word. <laughs> I got to do the outro. (laughs)